pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Father God, we're thankful, Lord, for the opportunities you've given us, Lord. Mighty God, together with your people, Lord God, through the medium of Facebook Live, Lord. God, we ask you to just have your way tonight, Lord God, that you allow your spirit, Lord God, to minister, Lord. Father, allow your word to come forth, Lord God, with accuracy, Lord God. Father, with the anointing, Lord God. Father, we just praise you for all that you do in our lives, Lord ask you, Father, that you just help us, Lord, to be what you've called us to be, Lord. We honor you tonight, God. Thank you, Lord God, that you are moving, Lord, that you are working, Lord, all things together for our good, Lord. ask you, Father, that you just have your way tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, this thing says we're live, so I'll assume that we are. There'll be some folks joining here in just a little bit, I'm sure. If you have your Bibles with you, let's turn to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 22, it says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, Let us go to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. So here they are, Jesus has been ministering and he gets in a boat and he tells his disciples, okay, let's go to the other side of the lake. We got some things that we got to do somewhere else. Let's go to the other side of the, the lake. So he went into the ship with his disciples. Now I want you to think of it this way. This ship that we're talking about tonight represents your life, your destination, the course for your life. You know, one songwriter one time put it, the soul of man's like a ship that sails on a sea of time. There was an old song that we used to sing years ago, my boat of life sails on a troubled sea. Ever there's a wind in my sail. And I have a friend who watches over me when the breeze turns into a gale. I know the master of the wind. I know the maker of the rain. He can calm the storm, make the sun shine again. So I know the master of the wind. So Jesus comes and he climbs in the boat with his disciples. And, and when he got in that boat, you know, I'm sure the fishermen that owned that boat had other plans for it, but Jesus got in it and he changed their course. He gave them a purpose. He gave them a destination. He got in and said, let's go to the other side of the lake. You know, when, uh, so I want to ask you tonight, anybody here listening that remembers when Jesus got into your ship? When Jesus changed your course, 
Man, you was lost, you was drifting, you were bound, you were on your way to a devil's hill. But one day you found your way to an altar and, and, and Captain Jesus came on board. He began to control your vessel. He washed you in the blood. He delivered you, put his spirit inside of you and put his anointing on you. And he gave you a purpose and he gave you a destination. You know, as Jesus entered into that ship with his disciples, he gave them a word. And that word was prophetic. He said, let's go to the other side. That word carried with it a spirit of destiny. When, when Jesus got in that boat and he said, let's go to the other side, doesn't matter what is going on, what would have happened, that boat is going to go to the other side. Why? Because Jesus said it. And when Jesus entered into your ship, if we'll find, if we'll look, if we'll search it out, there's a word somewhere for you. There's a prophetic word somewhere for you if we just search it out and find it. And that word that he spoke to them that day carried a spirit of destiny on it. You, you know, that word said, you're going somewhere. Anybody listening ever got a word that said, you're going somewhere, you're going to do something? Anybody ever got a word that said, you're heading towards something greater than what you've got? Has anybody ever got a word that stirs your faith, that wakes you up in the morning, that carries you through the day? I've got a word. Hey, whenever I first felt the call of God on my life when I was younger, you know, I was a teenager when I, I first felt the call of God on my life. And, and, and I was praying and I was seeking God and I was wanting to know, okay, God, is this you? Is this what you want me to do? Lord, you want me to preach? How in the world I know I'm, I'm supposed to be preaching? You know, Lord, you know, tell me what, what I need to do. I need a word. And he gave me a word. He gave me a verse in the word of God. Daniel chapter 10 verse 1 says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. He understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. You know, I took that word and I stood on it. And I held on to it down through the years. And here I am, 56 years old. And I'm understanding that I'm finally getting to the place that God had for me back then. A lot of times we get in a hurry whenever things don't happen. You know, we feel God wanting us to do something and we get upset and we get mad and we get, we get you know, frustrated with God because things aren't happening the way that we think they ought to be happening, but we got to hold on. Maybe it ain't time yet. You know, the disciples that day when they got in that boat, they got a word of destiny that assured them of God's presence with them. You know, I've heard people say before, well, you know, I got a word, but I just can't find God in it. I'm going to tell you something tonight. When God gives you a word, it carries his presence with it. Now notice this. I didn't say that it was going to make you happy. 
Uh, I didn't say it's always going to make you feel good. But I said it'll always carry his presence. Moses, whenever he was getting ready to lead the children of Israel, he told God, said, if your presence doesn't go with us, then don't take us out of this place. His presence and his word go together. You know, I, I don't care how religious it sounds or how appealing it is to your flesh or to your desires. The first thing you better ask yourself is, does it carry the presence of God with it? Because the word that carries his presence has the power to carry you and to keep you. You know, those disciples that day when they got in a boat, they got a word of purpose that assured them of their destination. That word made them unsinkable. You get a word, you better hold on to your word. Now listen, I didn't say that the word guarantees that you're going to have an easy life. I didn't say that that word guarantees that you ain't ever going to have a storm. Because they were there and they were going in and, and Jesus told them we're going to the other side of the lake. But they had a storm. You know, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the word of God. You know, the enemy would have killed me, but I had a word. Debt would have sunk me, but I had a word. Family turmoil and family strife would have capsized my vessel, but I had a word. Attacks on my integrity and my character would have drowned me in a sea of despair. But I had a word. Depression and fear and anxiety would have swallowed me up. But I had a word. You know, I'm telling you, you got to hold on to your word. Your word will make you fireproof. Your word makes you invincible. Your word makes you unsinkable. Isaiah 43 and 2 says this, When thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. And through the rivers, they won't overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon me. You know, the devil says, you, you're going to die. That doctor's report looks bad. But the word of God says, I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Psalms 8, 118 and 17. The word of God says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Isaiah 53, 5. The devil says, your ministry is over. You may as well throw in a towel. But the word of God says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? Isaiah 43, 9. The devil says, you ain't ever going to see those children saved. You're just wasting your time praying for them. They ain't ever going to serve the Lord. But the word of God says, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Isaiah 54, 13. Genesis 7, 1 says this, And the Lord 
said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Acts eleven fourteen, Who shall tell thee words? Whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. So here they are. The disciples are, are, uh, of Jesus are sailing in the power of their word. They're going and they're, they're in the boat with Jesus. And he said, hey, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. So they're sailing. They're sailing along in the power of that word. Hey, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Then as they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. And when Jesus fell asleep, there came down a storm. You know what a storm is? Storms of whirlwind, a tempestuous wind, a violent attack of wind. So the storm came up and, and, and literally it was like they had a bullseye placed on them and this storm was just violently attacking them. It was launched against them to destroy them, to sink them. So let me ask you this tonight. Have you ever felt like you had a bull's eye on your back and the devil had singled you out and, and, and it, it's like he's deploying extra measures on you and extra opposition and extra weapons on you? You know, I, I remember in high school, some of the upperclassmen, some of the seniors would, would take and every once in a while they'd stick a sign on somebody's back. Kick me, please. You know, after about two or three good swift kicks to the backside, you know, they'd figure out, hey, there's something going on. There's a reason that I'm, that I'm under attack. There's a reason that I'm drawing unwanted attention to them. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like the devil had stuck a, a, a sign on your back that said, kick me, please? You ever feel like the devil's called off all the little imps and, and, and sent out the big dogs after you? If the answer to that's yes, then you ought to be shouting and praising God because he's fighting you. He wouldn't be concentrating extra effort on you if you wasn't doing nothing. You know, the devil heard your word too. And he knows that you're on your way to something. And, 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 and that's what keeps me moving. That's what keeps me going. I know that I'm on my way to something. I'm not going through this storm for nothing. I'm not going through the hell that I'm going through for nothing. I'm not walking through this valley for nothing. I'm going through because I'm going to what God has called me to. You know, the fight isn't about who we are today or, or where we are today. Uh, the fight's about your word. The fight is about your destiny. The fight is about where you're going and what you're going to do when you get there. And the fight is about getting you ready. The greater the storms are in your life, that just means the closer you are to your destiny than, than you've ever been. You're on the edge of the greatest breakthrough in your life. And that's where a whole lot of people quit. They quit just right before they step through to what God has for them. You know, Joseph's brothers wanted him dead. 
you know, not just because he, he was their, their father's favorite, but because he had a dream. He had a word. He had a destiny. He had a future. You know, if you don't have anything and don't want nothing, you, you, you have no dreams, you have no visions, you have no passion, you have no aspirations to go anywhere or do anything, then you know, you're going to have a lot of friends. But as, you, as soon as you start dreaming of a better tomorrow and you start prophesying your destiny and it's bigger than your friends can see, it's bigger than they can handle, they're going to try and discourage you and talk you out of your destiny. And if you won't sell out, if you won't give in, if you won't forfeit your dream and settle back into that life of mediocrity and, and mediocre religious expectation, then they're going to do everything they can to try and discourage you, talk you out of your destiny. You know, you become a threat to them when you won't give in, when you won't forfeit it, when you won't settle. You become a threat. They turn on you and they try and destroy you. They try and bring you down. You need to examine your friendship circle. Because everybody can't go where God has taken you. God's got great things for you. And not everybody is going to be able to go with you because they're going to try and discourage you along the way. They're going to try and get you to quit. You need real friends that believe in you and that believe in what God is doing in you. You know, Rob Parsley said this one time, people are either going to be winding your sails or weights around your neck. You know, the disciples were moving, moving, moving in their word. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Let's sail to the other side. You know, they were sailing in that spirit of destiny and purpose, and they were attacked by that storm. Believe me, if you ever set out to do anything for God, and if you ever get bold enough to launch into your word and work out and walk out your destiny, you're going to get attacked. People are not going to like it. You're going to make their demons uncomfortable, and they're going to attack you. They're going to attack you physically. They're going to attack you spiritually. You're going to get attacked financially and emotionally. There's going to be attacks against your marriage, uh, uh, attacks against your ministry. Why? Because you're dangerous. You're willing to walk out and do the thing that God has called you to do. You're willing to stand on the word that God has given you and you're a threat to hell. Your dreams begin to make you dangerous and your word makes you dangerous. And I understand that. I've had to come to grips with that. Our word makes us a target for the enemy and puts us in his line of fire. And here's the part that makes it hard for the most spiritual, the most anointed, the most mature believer. Verse 23 of, of that. The next verse after the one we read at the beginning. Verse 23 says, Jesus fell asleep. You ever felt like God did this great thing in your life? God stirred you up. God gave you this great, powerful word of destiny. And then he went to sleep and forgot about you. 
He just laid there and let the devil beat you up. He let people lie on you and cheat on you and persecute you and criticize you, steal from you, ignore you, overlook you, underestimate you. And Jesus just let all this stuff happen to us. I'm talking to some real people tonight. There's people that's going to listen to this now, that's going to listen to it in the future, that, that's going to realize, hey, that's me. I've been there. I've been going through that. I just want to talk to some people that's willing to tell the truth. You know, just because you're called doesn't mean that you ain't going to have troubles. Because you're anointing doesn't, anointed doesn't mean that you ain't ever going to be lied on. It doesn't mean that God's going to wrap you up in cotton so that your feelings never get hurt. I had somebody tell me the, this one time. Uh, I got my feelings hurt about something and, and, and this brother said to me, he said, can I ask you a question? Like, yeah, you can ask me a question. You know, I'm bawling and squalling and all upset because I've got my feelings hurt. He said, what were you expecting? Well, I wasn't expecting them to hurt my feelings. He looked at me and said, you, you want me to tell you why you got your feelings hurt? I was like, it's because they said something mean to me. That, that's why I got my feelings hurt. He said, no, that's not why you got your feelings hurt. You got your feelings hurt because you were reaching out to them for their approval. Instead of reaching up to God for his approval. When you get a word from God, it doesn't matter what anybody else says about you. It matters what God said about you. You know, the, the, uh, the more anointed you are and the more destiny that you embrace and the more focused you become on fulfilling your purpose, the greater threat you are to hell. And the greater the attacks are going to be that start to come against you. An old country song comes to mind. Might have been Lynn Anderson. I beg your pardon. Never promised you a rose garden. And it ain't always going to be a bed of roses. It ain't always going to be a rose garden. But the more anointed you are, the more destiny you embrace, the bigger the threat you are to hell. You know, Joseph was anointed. Joseph was favored by God. And, and repeatedly, the Bible says, the Lord was with Joseph. Well, if the Lord was with Joseph, why didn't he stop his brothers from stripping him out of his coat and throwing him to, in a pit and selling him to a caravan? Why didn't God stop Potiphar's uh, lust-filled wife from lying on him and, and destroying his character and his integrity in the eyes of Potiphar and his household? Why did God let the butler forget about him for two years? 
after Joseph interpreted his dream and, and told him what was going to come to pass. Was God on vacation? Was God asleep? All of that was part of making Joseph the kind of man that God could trust with the dream that he gave him. You know, from the day that God gave Joseph that dream, the dream never changed. But the dreamer went through a process of stripping and refining to bring him to the place that he was qualified to live out that dream. Tell yourself tonight, I'm in the process. You know, I know tonight that God never sleeps. Psalms 121 and 4 says, Behold, the heathen... Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. You know, I, I know that God never sleeps, but I promise you there are going to be times in your life when it feels like God is in such a deep slumber that nothing is going to wake him up. But you got to remind yourself, it's all part of the process. You know, some of you that I, I, I'm talking to right now ha, have felt like God just went to sleep and let the devil have his way with you. Let the devil just run roughshod over. And to tell you the truth, it looks to you like and it feels to you like you're farther away from your word than you've ever been before. But I'm here on Facebook Live to tell you tonight, God's not asleep. He hasn't forgotten about you. His eyes are on the sparrow and his eyes are on you every minute of the day. He's been watching you through all of the process. He's been in control of the temperature. You take a refiner of silver and, and, and they take and they put that scoop with, with, with the silver in it, the, that bowl with the silver in it into the fire and, and they're refining it and they're working it and they're watching it and they're pulling the dross off the top and they're watching that fire and they're, they're looking and they're watching and they're keeping an eye on it. Why? Because they got to pull out that silver at just the right time because if they leave it in too long, it'll be ruined. But God tonight is controlling the temperature and God's controlling the speed of the potter's wheel that you're on. You know, he saw that storm coming before it ever got to you and he filtered it through the hands of his love and he predetermined that that storm was not going to kill you. He, pre he predetermined that that storm was not going to sink you. He predetermined that storm was not going to destroy your ministry. Before you ever entered the battle, before you ever started into your trouble, he predetermined that you had everything that you needed to conquer, that you had everything that you needed to put you over and to come out on top. How could Jesus sleep through the storm that threw his disciples into such a hysteria? It's really simple. He believed the word that he spoke. He said, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side of the lake. Period. That's it. That's the end of it. We're going. He believed his word and so he was able to go to sleep. He knew the word that came out of his mouth had the power to take them through anything. He knew that his word couldn't come back void, but it would accomplish that thing that he pleased and prosper in the thing that he sent to do. 
Do you believe the word tonight? Hey, you're going through through the the storm of your life and your finances, but you know what? You believe the word. You're going through the greatest fire uh, of your life in your health, but you believe the word. You're fighting for your children. They seem further away than ever before, but you believe the word. You're being tried in your ministry, your character, your reputation, your integrity are being attacked, but you believe the word. The Bible says that they woke up Jesus. In other words, they went back to the word. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14 of John chapter 1 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. They went back to the word. They went and they woke Jesus up. You know, I don't care what the enemy is doing today or, or, or what he's trying to do. It doesn't matter what the storm or the test or the trial is. It doesn't matter how hot the fire is or how big the flames or how deep the water. The answer is the same. Hold on to your word. Get back to your word. Your word will get you through it. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it? Shall he not do it? Hath he spoken it? Shall he not make it good? Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Psalms 12 and 6 the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Psalms 119.89, forever. O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Get back to your word. 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Take the word that God has given you and make it a weapon. God didn't just give you that word to be a soft pillow for your head. He gave you that word to fight with. He knew the enemy was going to attack you. He knew the enemy was going to oppose you. And he gave you a word to war with. I'm talking to somebody right now. You've got a, a, a word about starting a business, but the devil's telling you that ain't going to happen in this economy. Hey, somebody else, you've got a word about a new house, but, but you've almost forfeited your promise because of the economy and because of your financial situation. Somebody else, you have a word that God is going to save your husband and save your children and deliver them off of drugs and alcohol, but they look further away than they've ever been before. And you've almost given up. Talking to somebody in ministry tonight, you've carried a dream of ministry in your spirit for years and you fought to hold on to it. But to tell you the truth, you're just tired and you're on the verge of letting go. Came to tell you tonight, hold on to your word. God is not a liar. 
If God has called you to it, he'll see you through it. Soldier of God, pick up your weapon tonight. He doesn't give us a word to frustrate us. He gives us a word to motivate us and to strengthen us. And, and you fought to hold on to it. But to tell you the truth, you're tired. You're on the verge of letting go. Don't let go. He's given us that weapon to fight discouragement and doubt and weariness. Be a soldier of God. Pick up your weapon. Pick up your word. The Bible says that their boat was filling up with water. You know, that meant that doubt and worry and anxiety and stress and all the negative circumstances that surround you are trying to drown your faith and trying to steal your word. You know, it's not the water around the boat that sinks it. It's what water gets in your boat that sinks it. That's what the devil's after. He wants you to throw that word away. Devil's telling you today, it's hopeless. Enemies today are, are, are telling you, man, it's hopeless. But I came tonight to tell you, hold on to your word. If God ever spoke it, it'll come to pass. If God spoke to you about bringing that godly husband into your life, start shopping for a wedding dress. If God spoke to you about a new house, start looking at plans. Start looking at the furniture that you want to put in it. If God spoke to you about writing a book, buy your paper, get your computer, get to writing, putting things down to paper. Expect him to give it to you. Expect him to, to, to open it up to you. And if God spoke to you about going to other countries, buy some suitcases. Get your visa in order. So when, when the word comes to you to be able to go, you're ready. If God said he's going to save your family, quit calling them heathens. Quit acting like they're unreachable. Start believing it. Hold on to your word. The Bible says in Hebrews 10.35, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense. Of reward. The devil wants to steal your faith in the word of God. You know, when the disciples were scared, you know, the, the storm was raging. There was water getting in the boat. They went and woke Jesus up. Hey, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? And Jesus wakes up. And as soon as he wakes up, he looks at him and says, where's your faith? They had let the storm rob him of, of their faith in his word. You know, I, I don't know what storms that you're going, you've gone through or the ones that you're going through right now, but I'm telling you, hold on to your word. The boat may be demolished. The economy might be at an all-time low. Gas prices may go to $10 a gallon. Bread might go up to $20 a loaf. Who knows? The government might go bankrupt. But your word will deliver you. Your word will sustain you. Your word will carry you through to the other side. My faith is, my faith is not in my boat. 
My faith is not in my church or in the economy or in the government. My faith is in the word of God. I've got a God said. And if you've got a God said on the inside of you, you're unsinkable. God's faithful. He's the one that called you to it. He's the one that's going to carry you through and, and, and allow you to do it. And he's going to do it. It's as good as done. He that hath begun a good work in you will finish it till the day of Christ. What you need to do right now is get your eye off of the storm, get it back on the word and begin to praise God. Praise him because he told the truth. He told you the truth. He, he's there and he's telling you, praise God like it's already done. Praise God like you're already out of debt. Praise God like you've already written that book and it's already in print and people are already buying it and reading it and being blessed by it. Praise God like you've already moved out to projects and praise him like you've already moved into that new house. Walk through it in your imagination. Smell the carpet. Touch the walls. Praise him like your ministry is already international. You might be a pastor of 30 people, but you've got an international vision and you've got a heart to touch the world for Jesus. Praise him like your family is already saved. That they're already Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. Praise him like they're standing beside you with their hands raised, tears streaming down their faces, glorifying God. Get your eyes off the problem and get them on the word of God because God's word is true. I don't care what's happening right now. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the storm that you're facing, the problems that you're going through, the situation that you're in, God's word is true. And I'm telling you what you gotta do with that word tonight. Hold on. what you got to do. You got to hold on to the word of God. You've got to believe the word of God, no matter what comes, what goes, what's happening in and around you. Don't matter what the doctor's telling you. Doesn't matter what, what your job is telling you. Doesn't matter what the newsman is telling you. The newsman's probably lying anyway. You know, it's a sad state of affairs when, when, when the meteorologist is the person on the news that's telling the most truth. Read that the other day. I thought it was funny. Hold on to the word of God tonight. God's got you in the palm of your hand. He ain't ever going to let you down. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, tonight we thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, that we have your word on it, God. That we know that your word is true, Lord God, and every man a liar, God. We thank you, Lord, that we believe your word tonight. I ask you, Father, that you just have your way in our lives, Lord. 
God, bring us, Lord God, to that place that you've called us to. Let us walk out the destiny that you've placed on the inside of us. Let us, Lord, be, Lord, your church in this day, God, to bring souls into your kingdom, Lord. God, we honor you tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you're moving, God. We praise you for everything that you've done. I ask you, Father, that you just help us, Lord, to just hold on. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. We're glad that you tuned in. Glad that you listened. Glad for those that'll watch it later on when it gets onto YouTube and to those that'll listen to it in the podcast. May you be blessed tonight. We love you. We're praying for you. We're believing that God has great things for you. Amen. God bless y'all tonight. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.